Everybody waiting for the fall of man. Everybody praying for the end of times. Everybody hoping they could be the one. I was born to run. I was born for this. Welcome back to the Chip Shot, where we talk about real estate, business, leadership, and our community. Why we believe real estate is the best business in the world when bought correctly. Why it's important to mind your own business. Why leadership is important because at the end of the day, everything rises and falls on leadership. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Chip Shot. Today I have a special guest. His name is Kenny Couch. Kenny, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So Kenny does a few things. He is in the filmmaking business. He is also on the board of directors for Habitat for Humanity here in Fayette County. I got that all correct, right? Yeah. Is there any other titles besides the cat guy? Uh, I officially call it the Schulenberg Cat Project, but I guess I am the cat guy, slowly but surely. <laughs> so uh, we, we'll get into all this stuff. Uh, I don't collect them and I don't keep them. <laughs> I, they, they come in, they go out. Let's clear that right up. <laughs> Very good. Well, we appreciate you for coming on, Kenny. I met Kenny through uh, through Facebook the other day on uh, Refurb the Berg, and Kenny had reached out to me, and then we I said, you know what? It'd be awesome we had coffee and we could do this podcast together. And by getting to know him, just figured out that he was on the Habitat for Humanity, which I think is an awesome thing to have in your community. Uh, there, we'll talk about some of the projects you've done. And maybe how, you know, us getting to know each other, Kenny, and, and, and you trying to make a difference in our community, we appreciate that. And maybe we'll get into some things about uh, Habitat Humanity, how people can get a hold of you and get more people involved and, and some of the things that y'all are doing. Absolutely. So let's start off with your what you really do, like your day job, which is filmmaking. How did you get into that? Well, I got into, I was, I was also in real estate like yourself in Houston. I just got in a few years too early, played my hand a little too heavy and then the bubble popped. And so were you uh, investing in it? I was investing in it. I was an agent at the time. Uh, I was an experienced and hopeful were my two biggest, yeah. <laughs> I thought assets at the time, but it turned out not to be the case. Um, luckily it didn't, you know, it didn't really financially destroy me or anything like that, but it definitely made me go, I think I'm going to do something different. You know, I don't know if I like this quite as much as I thought I did. And, um, while I was doing real estate, I actually showed a property that I was selling to a filmmaker who wanted to use it as a filming location for a music video. Him and I ended up hitting it off. Yeah. So when I got out of real estate about a year or so later, I ended up going to Houston community college for uh, their filmmaking program stuck around with it, started working gigs, uh, yeah. doing lighting, I do a little writing, and now I'm into doing mostly production management, behind the scenes stuff. So what year was that? Oh, that was what, 2008, 2009? So that's the, <laughs> timing is everything. Yeah, oh, you're not kidding. Oh, if I'd have waited six months, man, I could have cleaned up. Right. <laughs> I, thing, you know. I got in, in the tail end of 2007. Okay. I got my license, and uh, my poor wife, she was teaching school. We didn't have any children yet. And I quit my job in 2008 to start selling real estate full time. And I don't know how she put up with me, but it was, it was some, you know, some scary years, mm -hmm. you know, it was, it was really tough. And, and I was able to push through, I, you know, I was selling real estate in Austin at the time. Okay. And my clients were firefighters and school teachers. I mean, yeah. those are the only people that could get a loan, you know? Yeah. Everybody else was at a job, especially in the tech industry. Was it was hit, hit and it was hard. so hard because it went from doing so well to doing so bad right. so quick. It wasn't like you know you can handle it. Oh, I'm seeing it slow down. I can prepare for this. It was right. like, oh hey, all the lights went off in the house. All right, <laughs> what are we gonna do next? <laughs> oh, I know it was it was something else. But I, you know, I often uh, think about those times and how humbling they were. And uh, you know, 
I really was passionate about real estate. I, I told myself if I, if, if I got into the industry, if I could just make $3,000 a month, I could, I could pay my bills, mm -hmm. you know? And I was able to fortunately accomplish that. And, but there were some really lean times and not knowings and of what was going to happen and where your next client was going to come from. I was real fortunate. Met some guys from Dallas and they had like this lamp ladder one program, which was a school teacher home buying program. So we were able to get into the school districts and connect with the school teachers and help them buy homes. And that's really, if I didn't have that, I would, I would have been like, you can probably yeah. that out pretty quick. Yeah. But I was able to land a pretty good gig helping school teachers at the time. So, all right. Well, awesome. Uh, glad to hear that story with that. And so, so how did you get to, so you're not, do you consider yourself a Schulenberger now? Ah, okay. Well, now that I know it's called Schulenburgers, because I never wanted to ask out loud, that's one of those you could accidentally tick off some people. Well, yeah, you uh, yes, Estonians, Austinites, and then Schulenburgers. We, we, you know, we love it here. Uh, a big reason we chose to move out here is, of course, the location. It puts me closer to San Antonio, Austin, and Houston, where I do a lot of work. Um, we wanted a smaller town where we could kind of make a difference, and we could, you know, when you go to Houston, you check your mail, you see 36,000 people. Yeah. You know, I, I always tell people I can go to Arlen's, forget something, go back, where can I just be able to check my mail? Right. You know, absolutely. We love it out here. And especially since Harvey kind of got us off our butts and put me out of work for a little while just because one of our locations flooded. Um, you know, any, any of it like that regrounds you and yeah. kind of redirects your priorities. I ended up hanging out with some folks doing disaster relief in uh, LaGrange. Got hired on as the executive director at the recovery team, and then once that was finished, Habitat asked me to serve on their board, and I've been with them since. And I love it. I always laugh because I'm like, oh, so I came back to real estate. And I was looking at the wrong market. I realized I was selling houses to rich folks. I should have been doing it to poor folks, and I probably would have found my passion there. Right. I might have stuck around. Who knows? Right. Um, well, you get to realizing sometimes when it's not about the money, it's about helping people, and it's about just really helping. People, it, it, it's, you, you, I don't know what it is. I don't know if God, if it's a God thing, but he somehow rewards you for, for what you're doing when it's not about the money. I think if you just follow your passion sometimes, it ends up working out. Somehow. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely think that's true. So, um, so let's talk about, so the last project y'all y'all have worked on is here in Schulenburg or is it LaGrange? Actually, it's LaGrange. We had, we were given a piece of property by Wells Fargo. They had a very awkward misshapen piece of property. I don't think they even wanted to try to market kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, they ended up gifting it to our organization. We were able to work with the city and get that re-platted into three individual lots. Okay. And we were working on getting the first, well, I wasn't with the organization then, so I'm kind of telling their story at this point, but they were working on getting a home built and then hardly happened. Okay. And so they ended up deciding instead of building one and then one and then one, they were going to go ahead and build all three of those simultaneously. So they identified two more families. Um, we've got one of those homes done. We're looking at the other two being finished probably around June or July of this year, and those families will move in. Okay. And then after that, we're we're actively doing a capital campaign really to raise funds to purchase more land after that. You know, it's getting harder and harder. We've actually not purchased a single lot in our history yet. We've, huh. we've done eight homes, haven't spent a dime on dirt. That's so they've been thing. given to you? They've been gifted to us okay. by families, uh, some folks that move out of town that don't want that old lot of grandpas that was okay. next door to them. Um, so this campaign, this capital campaign, will help you go out and... And, and purchase some property, lock in that price now, because okay. we're still going to be building 10 houses, you know, houses in 10 years. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to wait and let the land appreciate in that meantime. If we can grab it, hold on to it now... There's actually a nice little loophole where we don't even have to pay property taxes for about two years. Okay. We can actively develop it, you know, for about two years. 
So we're hoping that with that 300000 we can buy a decent sized piece of property, use a lot of the funding that's currently available because of Hurricane Harvey and a lot of the interest that still exists throughout the state to help folks. Yeah. Um, and get as many houses really built as quickly as possible because that attention is going to go away. We're going to go back to probably a slower operating model mm-hmm. once that funding, a lot of those volunteers dry up or the next giant disaster happens in Texas and redirects a lot of that. Yeah. So we want to try to get as much done right now as we can. Okay. So let's, let's talk about the hands-on, the, the last project that y'all uh, took on. So where did the help come from? Our help comes entirely really from the community around us. Um, we have a, a lot of support in LaGrange from the hosting men's group from hosting Catholic Church. Okay. Uh, Texas Ramp Project actually t- typically spends their Tuesdays with us building houses. Those guys are fantastic. Boy Scouts, high school kids, Walmart sent a group out. I'm going to hit y'all up. We're going to have a Bella day. Yeah, like, awesome. You know, everything <laughs> like that. And we really, I, that's one aspect I'm trying to fold into it. it, it part of it is marketing. Part of it is helping these companies get their names out here and show the community they're interested in more than the buck. Right. You know, you do that. You're already around town and everything like that. But if someone's new to town, yeah. doesn't really know anybody, Habitat's a really easy way to show, hey, not only am I interested in the community, I'm interested in the future of the community and, and you know, helping out our, our neighbors. And you really learn something, too. I mean, you can learn a lot through doing this. I do. I think with Habitat, I think the biggest thing people learn with Habitat is the work ethic of folks who can't afford things that we assume mm-hmm. are lazy. Yeah. You know, because we require families have to do sweat equity. They have to do about 300 hours of working on their home or other families' homes. Mm-hmm. Um most of them do about six to 800. Most of them just keep showing up because suddenly they're sitting there, they're building a house, they're working their job, they're taking care of their kids, they're coming out on the weekends and hammering away at their house. And you you start to realize the only thing really holding most people back in this world is luck. Yeah. You know, we've been blessed with so many things in our lives that really when you look back, you're like, oh, I was in the right place at the right time, right. You know, real estate or, or this or that. Oh, and, absolutely. And that nine times out of 10, it's not work ethic. It's, it's really, it's luck and it's being in the right place at the right time. And there's only so many managers in a building and just that's, that's, you know, the way the numbers work out. So I think a big thing people see is that affordable housing is, is an affordable housing issue. And that's really it. There's not any sort of underlying social weirdness to it. It's, there's not a profit in thousand square foot houses anymore. Yeah. But there's not people, a lot of people that can afford 2000 and higher, you, you know, know so you, there's gotta be somewhere in there to help that out. You're so right about that. I mean, a lot of, you know, even the builders are building the big houses. Yeah. It, it's it's hard to make. I mean, you know, you do, it's hard to make money off of. I mean, we would, you know, like I said, ours appraised at about one fifteen. Mm-hmm. That's not a, a ton of money when you're sitting there thinking it takes you three months. You've got crews going the whole time. You've got a GC. They had to purchase the dirt. You know, that's my cost is already padded by thirty thousand for all of our old houses because we never had to purchase dirt. Yeah, you know, we're able to get. Uh, I was I had a great donation from Salvation Army recently. They gave us ten thousand square feet of really nice high end flooring, mm-hmm. little stuff like that that helps us chip away at the cost. We have retired electricians that come out and wire all of our houses for us. That's what I was. I was curious to know where the trades people come from and how you find them. All around right now, it's hard because of Harvey. Everybody is busy and out here, especially in Lagrange. There's a waiting list for most tradesmen um but a lot of them realize too we're habitat we've worked with them a lot they come in we've already got a lot of the holes drilled we're just like hey could you put this together make sure everything's fine right. we, you know we don't want to be liars we want to do it the right way we're going to get inspected they come in they so you, you've got to go through all the same process that a yeah. normal builder absolutely absolutely signed off on inspected okay very good so what do you think would be 
needed to do more stuff for like how could Habitat do more? But so I'm, I'm sure it's more money, right? It's it's always money's always a thing. But really, I'm I'm a big one thing I've realized I can create out thin air is money. You know, I can ask. I'm better at asking for Habitat than I am for myself. I can beg, borrow, and still. Right. I'm the guy. You know, don't invite me to a conference. The pins are disappearing, and Habitat just saved about fifty on our budget this year. Um, <laughs> So I'll do that, but really the way I look, I'm big on interconnectedness. Everybody has something they could be doing, and I think we spend a lot of money, especially in the nonprofit sector, taking care of issues that someone else has no problem doing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was talking to Gail at Second Chance up in LaGrange yesterday about some stuff, and one issue they have, of course, is elderly folks that want to donate stuff to Second Chance can't get it there. Yeah. She's like, well, you know, it's hard to get so-and-so to go pick this up. And I'm, well, I'm already in Schulenburg. I'm headed there anyway. It's not a big deal for me. Let's let's start working on how can we get people who are already there on their way into work, mm-hmm. drop this stuff off. You get the added bonus of a little visit with someone who probably doesn't get to see a lot of people. Um, we pitched it to a couple of the Meals on Wheels delivery people. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, let them know, you know, if you're interested once a month, if they want to donate some stuff to Second Chance, you can come drop it off. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually like you and I were talking about the... Um, the, the Civic Center over here, the two-story right. house. Yeah. Um, Schulenberg does not have the money to repair that. I understand completely. I, I have half of that square footage, and I'm struggling myself to get all that stuff done. Yeah. But Habitat's also looking to develop some training classes. Well, like you and I were talking, you know, now we have a place that needs to be fixed. I have people I need to train to fix stuff. Maybe my people could fix that building. Right. And work out a deal on the materials. I'm sure some of the folks in town would love to donate some material and be involved in a project like that. And, and really, none of us are spending money yet. Right. You know, yeah. and now that money we are raising can go to stuff we're not able to get those little connections with. I just, you know, when you told me about that building and we were talking about it, I was thinking about all the other, there's just, you know, you look at housing in small rural America and, I mean, ever since the 50s, nothing's really, not a whole lot of stuff's been built. Yeah. You know, it's just all, all older stuff and there's a lot of houses that could, that need help, you know. And they're all around them, and I'm just, I'm just like going through my head, spinning. You know, how can we do more? How can this? How can we launch? We this? have, we have Habitat. You know, we operate under Habitat International, and then we have a state office to make sure we do our paperwork right. And then all the affiliates are really the people that get the stuff done. But one program that they do all the way through is they have a, uh, actually two programs. They have a critical home repair program that's. I tend to describe it as more trade oriented. If it's a critical home repair, you probably need a license and you probably want a warranty on it. Yeah. You know, that's an AC, that's an electrical update, a new roof, something like that. And then we also have a brush with kindness, which started as a house painting program, but it's really more exterior, get the house sealed in, fix the windows, paint it up, make sure the porch is level, get the yard work cleaned up, stuff like that. And that, those are programs we want to do more of because it's also an easier investment on the volunteers' part. Yeah, It's hard, you know, hey, Chip, you want to come out for a weekend and weed a flower bed? Yeah, hey, you want to come out for nine months and build a house? Absolutely <laughs> not. You know, I've got things to do. Yeah. Um, so that's another way we're able to engage, especially with younger volunteers who they've got families, they've got jobs, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to build real estate empires and, and you yeah. know, get things going. They don't have time to come out once a week for eight hours a day, slug it in, slug it out. So we try to give those groups opportunities on the weekend to come out, do some painting, knock yeah. it out, get it done. And that way, too, because I really do try to look long term, that way in 30 years, Habitat's still going to be around. And now we've got people that know I'm not going to push them. They're going to stick around. By the time you're retired, it's like, oh, I already know everybody at Habitat. I know the mission. I enjoy the mission. Yeah, I can show up once a week for eight hours. i got nothing else going on. Yeah. You know, that's that's really what a lot of our hosting guys, they, they do Tuesdays religiously. Really? You know, they, they come out for Tuesday, usually about four to six hours, and they slowly but surely build a house one after the other, and they're, you know, they're almost done with number eight. 
Wow. That's great for a group of guys that at this point, they're, yeah. you know, our average volunteer is about 74 right now, and they're running any of us under the bus, <laughs> you know. Wow. So your average volunteer is 74 years old? Probably, yeah, probably early 70s. Wow. Where's the younger generation? Raising their families, staying busy, working jobs. Yeah. I mean, I get it myself. I, I, I'm very lucky, and I did the real estate. I had a little money. Yeah. I realized my passion was in serving other people. Like when, when Julie and I moved out here from Houston, our big goal was to find a house that if God forbid I lost my job or she lost her job, we, we wouldn't lose our lives that we could at least afford on one income. So we, yeah. we downsized, we made things as simple as possible. And then after Harvey happened and I saw the impact, I was able to use my skill set to help people out. I don't know why, but I'm, I'm good at putting those dots together, especially yeah. with funders. And I don't know, I feel like I got off topic. No, we're good. Real, okay. No, you have to reel me back in. Reel me back in. I don't mind. But um, I did get off topic because I don't know where I'm headed. <laughs> <laughs> it happens to me all the time. It happens to me all the time. But no, we're, we're just talking about all, you know, all the things that y'all are doing and, and trying to find. I was just curious to know, like talking about the group out of posting that they show up in their average age. Oh, we were talking about younger folks and kind yeah. of what's, what's yeah, I, I really do think most of them are, are, are working. I think most of them are busy. Kids today, I used to complain about homework. I, my nephew would love to have the amount of homework I used to have. He comes home with dreams of, yeah. get this done, get this done, get this done. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks are working their butts off. They're taking care of their houses. They're staying busy. And I have to remind myself when I do a Saturday and I publish it and I let people know, I get 30 or 40 people to show up. Yeah. I have to remind myself that 30 year olds have never showed up Tuesday at eight o'clock to volunteer. Yeah. They're all at their day jobs. They've all got, you know, you're taking care of your kids till six o'clock and that's if you hustle, you know, to get them home safe, right. secure so that you could go out and do something. But when we do weekend stuff, um, we get a good turnout from the younger crowds. We're actually working on hopefully our next big project we're looking at, we're trying to maybe develop, and this is a big maybe because yeah. we're not trying to, you know, sign ourselves up for anything yet. But we're looking at a five-acre piece of property that would actually have a little bit of office space for Habitat so that maybe in the future we can have a monthly mommy and daughter day where moms can come in and help Habitat and we'll work with the church to have some child care there. Because, mm -hmm. well, yeah. you know, and give, give people really the opportunity. Because I've got a lot of people that I'd love to come out, but I've got I've got a three-year-old and a four-year-old. Yeah. I don't like, we can't let kids under right. 16 regardless as a liability unless <laughs> right. I'm doing landscaping. Yeah. You know, that's, most houses, that's one day out of, you know, 90. So we're really trying to open up and look at more opportunities. Instead of wondering why they don't show up to swing a hammer, we're trying to come up with more opportunities than just swinging a hammer. Have you done a film on all this yet? I haven't. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to pitch my... Do you remember Rescue 911 back in the day? It was like super positive. It was every episode. It was like a dog. You know, it had at least one dog that called the, the fire station on their yeah. family. But it was all these real invigorating stories about success and stuff. And I keep pitching to a producer buddy of mine. I'm like, we need a... We need a house show that's Habitat. Yeah. Instead of, you know, hey, there's, I, I love the ones where the people look at the kitchen and it's like a $500,000 house and they're reconsidering the $50,000 kitchen redo. And yeah. I'm like, this is insanity. Like, and that's why they don't pick it. And I'm like, I, come on, I, come on. Um, I'd love to see a Habitat TV show where you follow these families from start to finish. See yeah. stuff like that get done. See the see the difference that it creates. We actually had a group of research students down from A and M last Friday. Yeah, that they're working on doing an a, a social and economic impact study for us. So that when I start going to talk to city councils and the EDCs and stuff like that, I'd love to show 
not only are we building houses, we're creating citizens, we're creating taxpayers, we're keeping money in the community, we're sending kids to colleges. They're, the houses are staying in families for two or three generations till yeah. that family gets too big that they're finally flipping it. Yeah. Then 20 years down the road, there's actually some starter homes in the community because they're a thousand square foot, you know, and no one's going to buy it that's got eight kids. Hold yeah. on, they're not I think this is, this is awesome. I, you know, you always hear about Habitat, but like getting to meet you and talk through this, talk this through, we need to, we got to figure out a way to get the message out more. We're working, actually, um, our new, our board of directors switches over in May. That's when we have our elections every year. And we actually have a young woman named Jessica Montez from the fake, she works at the fake kind of record, but she's a marketing major. Okay. I'm, she's already, I'm like, can you do a little, she's like, oh, I'll put together a plan for the next year. We'll have one in the paper each month and this, that's why that story's in the sticker yeah. uh, last week. Yes. It was Jessica wrote it up, got it out, sent it to the record. As soon as that was done, she sent a copy here over to the Argus, mm -hmm. any community she thought that would print it out. And she's just going to keep on that. We're getting a lot better with our social media outreach through Facebook. Um, right. We set up an Instagram account. We have a Twitter now. Now that we have someone who understands that stuff can get it done and has the dedication to sit there and do it, do it right every other day, at least, you know, and get it out there. Um, plus we're getting a lot better at reaching out. Even this, just coming and sitting down and talking to you, showing up at Rotary club, showing up to the BFW, yeah. making that list where every year we check off, we need to go out and see every single group, let them know what we're doing. And a big reason we're looking at getting back into some of our repair programs is it's hard for, you know, typically up until the storm, they built a house every two years. Yeah. We're hoping to change that model to a house a year. That also means at the best of times, you might not see us in Schulenberg, but for every five years, by the time we do one here, one flat. Yeah. So and by then that relationship with the community's done, I'm going to come, Hey, can you chip? Can you tip? Well, we all haven't been here in five years. Now I'm not going to give you any money. That's ridiculous. So we want to use those those repair programs to kind of fill in that intermediate space. So if we're not building a house here that year, maybe something. we're painting one and doing an exterior. Maybe we're doing a roof job. We're helping this. We're helping that. That way we're helping the families, especially with critical home repair. We're hiring local tradesmen. So that money's going back into the economy. And it really just sits there. And we try to spend as much as we can yeah. in the local economy. So Habitat, so where does it come from two years ago in Fayette County to where it is? I mean, it's grown, right? It's definitely grown. They, like I said, they've traditionally they built a house every two years. Well, if you it may not have grown, but at least y'all are making more noise. Than we are. Before. We definitely are. I think a big part of that's the storm. I'm just it reinvigorated a lot of people, especially yeah. in that community. The the new folks that were displaced or or saw reactions of people were like, oh, you know, just cleared out the mobile home park. You know, got rid of the trash, and we can at least start from scratch. It was like, no, these are just because it's a mobile home doesn't mean people haven't sweated their whole life for it and busted their butts and. You know, especially this day and age, you don't know which person that mobile home was a banker yesterday that got cancer. I mean, it's, you know, everything oh, these days bankrupts you like that. You right. know, it's really hard to imagine what someone's been through in the last year of their life that got them here. This, you know, this might have been your boss, if, yeah. you know, if one nail hadn't been in a road that caused a car wreck that spiraled their life into obscurity kind of mm -hmm. a thing. So I think a lot of people were just... It gives you an excuse to be nice, and then you remember how good it feels to be nice, and you just try to hold on to it as long as you can. Yeah, there's something to be said for that. I mean, it is a when you do stuff and you get involved, it is. Uh, it's almost for, you almost feel selfish because it yeah. feels so good to do it. It does, but man, okay, be yeah. selfish, <laughs> right? Don't be selfish. You know, we'll sit there and you know if we won't talk about being selfish for ourselves. We'll just go do it quietly. But right. you know, if you want to be, that's why I tell people I love being. I love stealing pins for poor people. Yeah. Like you know, I think it's fantastic. I, I went to one thing and. 
you know, I took the pads, I took the pins, I took this, this, and this, and a grant application by God. Like, I'm going to squeeze every penny I can out of that yeah. because I want to help these people. Of course, you know, I need help with my house, but I'm not going to ask anybody because, you know, then I'm, you know, then I'm not a man and all right. this type right. of stuff. And that's what I have to remind myself is, you know, actually, I read a great little line in a book recently. It said uh, something along the lines of the biggest reason we help is to forget how much help we need. Yeah. And I was like, that's a bit of a profound little statement it right there. Right that you know? That's a good one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, be greedy, be greedy for other people. Every chance you get, you know, <laughs> do it like, yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. So at the beginning we talked about, you know, Kenny couch. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the, on the chip shot today. So we're talking about Habitat for Humanity here in Fayette County. Uh, you know, oh, let me plug my sports show. So yeah, that maybe my boss will give me a free slice of pizza or something. <laughs> So I, I'm doing a unit production management. I'm basically the warehouse manager on a film set. So I'm in charge of anybody that isn't, isn't a famous person or, you know, yeah. I don't deal with the athletes. I don't deal with the interviewer stuff like that. I make sure the cameras are running, the lights are going, the sound is working, all mm -hmm. that little type of stuff. Um, but we air KPRC Houston Channel 2 at 1130 on Sundays. Okay. And I don't know anything about sports, so I can't tell you the actual quality of the content is it uh, so the sports show is it about what kind of is it nfl it, players uh, it's it? a recap show okay. it tends to be more regionally based they try to talk about texas stuff more than anything okay uh, they tend to focus on a lot of houston stuff um actually if you search houston sports show on youtube there's some various clips and stuff that they've put up okay um we've been shooting quite a bit in a studio space but we've the last couple of episodes have been fun because we've had local businesses, of course, ask us. And at this point, we've got a little bit of a name going yeah. to come out and shoot at their location. So we shot at the Marriott last weekend in downtown Houston. Okay. Um, interviewed the the head coach for the U of H basketball program. Okay. Week before that, we shot at, I think it was Big City Wings over in Katy. Okay. Little stuff like that. So certainly, we got a lot of free wings that day. Yeah. That was an awesome day. <laughs> like, Very good. That sounds like you got some, you know, pretty good, uh, I mean, U of H basketball coach, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it was, it was a super nice guy, actually. It was, it was interesting. Uh, the whole interview ended up being about what a, a large part about what they do to ensure the, the educational success of the students. Yeah. So he's like, you know, I've only got this percentage that's ever going to play ball professionally. Right. We want to make sure they've got tutors, one-on-one -on -one for their kids, also, you know, mentors to make sure they get to class, get it done. He's got a very high graduation rate, but it was really it's yeah. an interesting kind of non-basketball basketball interview. Right. Yeah, it was super cool. Very neat. Kenny, and I want to talk about kind of how I met you through that Facebook thing. Yeah. And our community. And so people don't think you're weird. Let's talk about the cat thing real quick. <laughs> we started off with that. And I probably shouldn't. Everyone's sitting there still wondering, like, <laughs> did he, you know, did he put up a sign that said, shh, don't talk about the cats? So... I'm not familiar completely with the origination of it, but I, I guess there was a woman in town that had been feeding an insanely large number of cats right. for many, many years, right. and she unfortunately passed away from an accident. So we lived down at the end of Polish Street, and there's a cat problem down there to begin with anyway, but we had taken care of it over the years. Uh, Gardenia is great at placing mousers at, at ranches and barns and stuff, so yeah. I tend to take them over there, and they'll rehome them and everything. That's great. Um, but then one morning... I went out and there's like 14, 15, 16 cats just sitting in my yard. All You know, a cat sit and just stare at each other pissed yeah. off and make that noise. It was like that. Wow. It was like live mouse traps everywhere. And wow. I didn't want to set that first one off because yeah. it would have just been chaos. But um, 
I remembered that story and I remembered the, the story said that the chamber was paying, you know, was doing this trap and release program, which we do over there anyway. Okay. So that's what I always told my wife. I'm like, let's just get the biggest, angriest cat we can. Let's make him happy. Yeah. We'll chase all the other cats away. <laughs> and it works fairly well. Um, but I went to the chamber to talk to them and they said they were doing the program, but there hadn't been a lot of community involvement. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll catch cats all day long. I go yeah. to Flatonia once or twice a week, just running around doing business and stuff. I can drop it off at the, at the vet over there. They're, they're paying the cost of the rabies, yeah. uh, pups, preventive unwanted right. pets is paying the cost of the neuter. I'm like, all they're asking me to do is and actually, I even went to Gardenia and they gave me some free cat food to trap it with. Yeah. So I'm out of $40 cage that I would have bought anyway. Yeah. Um, so I've just been doing that and okay. taking a picture of them each week. And so just, I've only officially, since I started keep, cause I'm the same way you do something for 10 years. You're like, maybe I should start recording this. And then you're upset cause you haven't been recording it for 10 years. <laughs> so technically I'm on cat like 15, but yeah. officially I'm on cat two. Okay. As far as my, you know, I look at Schulenberg TNR is my Twitter handle. And I, okay. every time I catch one, I post it in that way. I also occasionally run into stray dogs, stuff like that. Yeah. But how do you not? They're making a story. Anybody had fun. a dog when their kid stops to try. That's fun. Know. That's very fun. Yeah, I enjoy it. So I'm not the weird cat guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm the one catching the weird ones, getting them fixed, getting, yeah. Okay. I'm a solution. I'm not the problem. <laughs> He's a solution, not the problem for the cats. Like, even the really, like, we had one that stuck around our house for a long. I think he finally got hit by a car or something. And he's walking around with his leg for a day and a chunk of this hanging off. And it was just terrible. But we even got into a family in Austin that oh, wow. saw some post somewhere from a friend of a friend. And so we try to do what we can. You're just doing all kinds of good. We, I try to stay I, busy. I appreciate Idle hands are the devil's play thing. So I stay busy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we appreciate you being in our community, being involved, and uh, all that good stuff. We, you know, I met Kenny through through the Facebook thing, and and he commented, I commented, and thanks to you know we're meeting on a Tuesday morning. So. Hey, and we're doing that refurb the bird meeting thing. When are we doing that? Uh, April twenty third, six thirty p.m. at Schulenburg First United Methodist over on Upton. Okay, awesome. So, uh, I don't, I, I didn't know we. Uh, already scheduled it. I got to go in there. I just created a random event because oh. no one else had. And I said, screw it. I'm doing a meeting because everyone can like for my you're like, you know, we ought to get together sometime. And I was like, yeah. well, I'll just create the meeting. And I think two, out there. two people said yes. You said interested. Okay. Oh, I didn't do the date yet. It said TBD right. for the location right. and stuff. So I, I got, uh, I got to go in there and pastor bike over there. Emailed me back this morning. He said, yeah, y'all come on out. He's a cool guy. Yeah. I met him. Actually, there's a local I know since I know I don't know a lot of shoe. I met him doing. Well, I went on Facebook stuff. and I was like, "Who's our mutual friends?" And I saw only like three, and I was like, "Okay." So I did, I knew that I didn't. That's why when I got to meet you, I didn't know where you, how you. Well, and don't forget, my volunteers' average age is seventy four. We're not a <laughs> Facebook heavy crowd, you know. <laughs> so, I was surprised you. I didn't even know you lived in Schulenburg. So it's just weird how like uh, you know it's, you don't ever know how you're gonna meet people. And, yeah. And I don't know. I just appreciate meeting you today. Oh, absolutely. This I can learn a lot about you by doing this. That's why I do the chip shot. I get yeah. to, I get to meet people like you. Well, like I said, I got to listen to the one last week. I already Facebook friended her. I was like, you're you're awesome. And I want to <laughs> I want copies of your children's books. And I want to be your friend. Like that's and, awesome. Yeah. No, I think it's absolutely great. And and you seem to have a good eye eye and ear for picking out people that want to be involved in the community and get stuff done. And yeah. the more we get like minded folks together about stuff we can agree upon and get done. Let's yeah. change some stuff. Let's, you know, I know everyone wants this to be a better community that supports everyone in it. I think we should all get together. We'd probably get it all done. Yeah, you're going to have the synergy. You know? and 
you just got to you've got to give it the same importance you give a random basketball game. Right. You know that you really have no vested interest in whatsoever. <laughs> let's just wait for a second. Let's go next door and help our neighbor. We can we can TBR like you can digitally record things now. There's no longer an excuse. It's right. not like you know Murphy Brown's not going to re-air again until it reaches syndication. Like, <laughs> well, uh, you know, if you want to get involved, how, how do people get a hold of you? Well, uh, the best way if you want to be involved, especially with Fayette County Habitat, our website is www.fayettecountyhabitat.org. Um, we're currently officing out of the Combined Community Action Building up there, so we don't really keep set office hours or anything like that. Hopefully, if we get our next big project going, one of our goals is to build us a permanent office and storage space. Do you and do you do films on the side for people? Uh not as much, but I'm starting to notice there's a huge need for that in this community. So I've actually been talking to a couple of people about trying to put together, because that's the thing too. I work with a lot of the people I work with in Houston and stuff. They're not interested as coming out you're, you're right, all right. the time type of thing. But I actually had a friend recently who's a great camera operator. Her and her husband actually um, moved to Round Top of all places, just yeah. randomly. Yeah. Um, so a few folks are starting to come in. And so we're starting to talk together about seeing if we might be able to put together a little production company just to... There's folks out here in these commercials, you know, all sorts of stuff. Like Walking Dead was in terror. Fear the Walking Dead was in the range last year. Yeah. Like, if, if a couple of kids had PA experience, they could have gone and made it 300 bucks a day. Yeah. You know, working grip on on a nice TV show. They're really good credit for themselves. Right, absolutely. You know? um, and then I, I do I do a little bit on this side. Actually, I didn't even think you and I should probably talk about this later. Is I do a little bit of location scouting in the area, though. So I'm always interested in. You know, there's some yeah. interesting things around here. There's that castle off of 90 that you can only see in winter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, no. There's all these real, there's a, there's an old coal dropout pit thing somewhere over here off of. What is, what is location scouting? It's going out and finding all those interesting locations you see in movies. Okay. And just basically, uh-huh. I have this huge catalog that oh. says, and I tend to go back, I'll find the location, I'll find what I think it's good for, but then I go back and record what electric capabilities it has, restroom, stuff like that. Okay. That way, if I get a call from someone going, hey, we're, you know, we're going to be in town, we're looking for a, a yeah. place to do this, this, and this, I can shoot them over their okay. options. And Very neat. Little stuff like that. Yeah, it's super cool. Thank you for coming you know, on today. It's a crazy thing. I say, I tell people I do whatever I can not to have a little job. Right. Like, that's my ultimate goal is to not clock in again. Like, <laughs> you know, I just don't want to clock in again. Right. So, um, slowly it's working. But, yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate Absolutely. it. We're shaking hands over here. We're going to take a picture here, too, here in a little bit. But, guys, thanks for uh, coming on and listening to the Chip Shot today uh, with Kenny Couch. He's in charge uh, of a lot of things, and we appreciate him helping with Habitat of Humanity here in Fayette County. And we've got some projects to do. So, if you want to get involved... Uh, Find us. Well, we'd love to connect everybody together, and we can make this a better place. Yeah, just walk down the street screaming, Kenny. I'll come out. You have a great day. Thank you all so much.